Today on Survival Dispatch News, we're going to talk about a beginner prepper's kit. This Survival Dispatch video is brought to you by Victos Tactical Apparel, creating innovative tactical gear for combat, training, everyday carry, and R&R. &R. And we're back with Survival Dispatch News, and today we're going to talk about a subject that is very important since we're getting so many new preppers in the community, and that is your starter kit that you're going to work with. But if you like this type of content, make sure you do me a favor, get down in the comment section, let us know what you're doing, click that like and subscribe button, and make sure you hit that bell icon right next to it to get notified when we update new uh, content here on Survival Dispatch, and I've got a great couple of commentators here for us today. Of course, you're familiar with Mike Sterling, my buddy, the Dean of Demolition, as always. We have a new face here on the show. We have Mackie Barr with us. Mackie, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, it's great having you here. Just to give you guys a little heads up, so just we're not picking people up off the street. Uh, Mackie is an eight-year uh, retired Army officer and uh, currently working with his wife to set up a training facility there in central Alabama. And we'll touch on that a little bit here in a, in a minute. But today I want to get right to the topic because we're having a lot of new preppers joining us, not just here in Survival Dispatch, but in the community in general. And it can be really overwhelming when you come from a place of being completely unprepared and then seeing people who have been doing this for 20 plus years, you can feel really like you're behind the eight ball. And we don't want you to feel that way. We want you to feel like you can be prepared and not have to drop 20 Gs on a generator and a year's worth of survival food and all these other things that are nice to have, but not necessarily the most important for your survival. So I kind of pitched a little idea to the guys. I want to have them give me about 10 items or about, and of course we can always have some honorable mentions, uh, that are around $100 or less. And so I want to start with our guest. Uh, Mackie, what did you come up with for our listeners for maybe who's someone who's looking to put together a kit for the first time? Okay, so with this challenge, this was really hard to try to fit 10 items at 100 bucks or less. And and so I entered this challenge with the idea of if I was going to you know a house or a vacant house or whatever, or, or packing up to leave or, or just getting ready for a hurricane, a tornado, something coming in, what 10 items would I absolutely need to have with me? And so honestly, the first thing that hit me was I was like, you need some way of providing light for yourself. And so my very first item, what I thought was probably the most important thing was like, hey, I need I need a light. I need to be able to see in the dark. I need to be able to deal with the power outages that are inevitably coming. Um, and, uh, and and seeing in the dark is, is a superpower, right? So night vision is a, is a superpower, but having a flashlight, it certainly gives you that those same benefits. So uh, that was first on my list. Obviously, you know, if you're if you're trying to do 100 bucks or less, you're you're limited. You can't do like a, a surefire or a stream light or even like an O light. You're stuck with something like the old mag lights or they have some cheaper options, some of the like the Harrow lights and stuff like that um, on uh, on Amazon. But there's certainly some good options out there. So I kind of thought a, a cheap flashlight for every member of the family. No, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, being able to see, uh, very important, uh, especially if the power's out or something like that. You're talking like a hurricane or, you know, we were kind of joking at the beginning of the show. It's like, you know, the whole War of the Worlds things where Tom Cruise comes running in and he's like, OK, we got to leave the house in five minutes. You get the food. And then, you know, Mike, you were talking about it. it's like later they end up somewhere like hundreds of miles away. And then like what what happened? Yeah. So Tom Cruise is like, hey, so we're going to we're we're all going to, you know, let, let's have something to eat. We'll all feel better. And he starts going through the box and it's it's mm, salad dressing, salad dressing, mustard, ketchup. Where's the food? That was all that was in your refrigerator, dad. 
So they wind up with, you know, a jar Unlimited. of peanut butter and oh, I think some mustard or something like that. <laughs> that sounds horrendous. And that's where we don't want you to be. So I think, uh, you know, one thing that I had that you could technically have for free because you may have this in your house already is just a simple bag uh, to put everything in. Uh, so that you, if you have to grab and go, you can do it. This is just like some old backpack. I've used this for traveling quite a bit. Looks like uh, Mike came prepared with his, uh, you know, backpack too. I think this cost 20 bucks when I bought it. Uh, but kinda, you probably have this in your home already. Uh, and if you don't, you could pick something up from like a thrift store for maybe like five bucks or less. Uh, sometimes you'll see even play, people giving these things away. So uh, definitely you want something like that. Uh, Mike, what was your thoughts on this? Uh, what are what are you looking at? So um, a quick note on sources for a lot of this stuff. Um, I'll tell you what, you can clean up at yard sales. Oh, yeah. And at um, yard sales and the thrift store. You can go into there. You can get all kinds of stuff. So this backpack right here, I bought a couple weekends ago just just for giggles uh, because of something, you know, I knew we were going to wind up coming and doing an introductory class. Uh, I bought this for a dollar at a, at a yard sale and it's some kid's old book bag that is not that heavily used, but it's fairly sturdy. I spent a buck on it. You know, if, if you just spend a little bit of time using the gray squishy thing between your ears, you can, you can cut a lot of money off a lot of these things. And like I was telling you, we were teaching, we were teaching the, um, uh, emergency preparedness uh, or hurricane preparedness for beginners classes down in, in Florida. And that was the first thing that we told everybody was, Hey, go for bargains, go to, you know, heck look in lost and founds, go to, you know, go to the, go to yard sales, go to wherever you can find good deals and just buy the stuff. You know, it's super cheap, a buck here, a buck there, save a lot of money. But the big thing is, especially if you've got little kids, more than likely they're already going to have a little backpack that you send them places with. Um, I mean, I've probably got a Hello Kitty backpack here around the house somewhere that, you know, I probably should, should wear on my next adventure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's pink. What? Uh, <laughs> salmon so uh, it definitely fits your gray man look mike right absolutely yeah yeah well you know better than jason salier and his his uh, uh his clear plastic shark backpack yeah. <laughs> i was watching that one this morning i was like okay that's a <laughs> yeah i love it i love it so um yeah so the the big thing is you know, if you if you're doing this, you probably got a family. You probably, you know, especially if you've got little kids, you got to get them involved. You've got to get them involved and make it make it fun for them. You know, have them involved. Have them go. Oh yeah, I'm helping. Okay, yeah, you're helping. You're carrying you're carrying one bottle of water and your little baggie of snacks and a list of phone numbers in your in your little backpack with toys and a whoopee. Absolutely. That'll do it. And I think that's a really good point. You made two great points there is talking about getting your family involved with this. And I understand that sometimes that's a difficult thing to do because, you know, maybe you're really into it because obviously you're watching us here on Survival Dispatch and, you know, maybe your significant other or your partner really isn't into that sort of thing. But uh, trying to get your kids involved and in making it fun, exciting, making it like a game uh, is can be really fun. And you touched on the bottle of water. That was my first thing that I thought of when I was going at this challenge. And it's a little more pricey. We're looking at about $20 to $30 here. Uh, getting yourself a solid water filter. 
to have like this Sawyer Mini here. This is a two pack. It was like 40 bucks uh, for two of them, but that can really save a lot of your water needs. If you have a source of water nearby or something that you can use a great item for any kit, there are a lot of different products out there on the market market. You don't have to get that one, uh, but just get something that's really solid. That's rated to take out some of those nasty things that will give you a really bad day. If you drink dirty water, I know Mike has uh, some stories about that, that we won't share here on the program, but uh, so that yeah, was actually the next thing on my list was, oh, was yeah? doing the water purification. And what, what, what I actually did with, with my list is again, because we're, we're limiting this to a hundred bucks and the cheapest water filter I could find was like, what, around $10, $10, $15 for like a life yep. straw, I think, is that what they run? And uh, so I thought, I kind of thought about it for a minute. I thought, well, you know, with, with household bleach, with, with you know, non-scented, no additives in it, just regular household bleach, it's eight drops per gallon, right, to, to purify your water and get the bacteria killed in it. And, uh, you know, a bottle of bleach is like six bucks. And so that, then that bleach will, will purify, I mean, thousands and thousands of gallons. And so if I'm talking about, you know, just a home kit, that, uh, keeping a bottle of bleach on hand is probably going to be my first line. And I don't think, don't get me wrong, drinking a lot of bleach water is not good for you. So it's not something that I want as my long-term plan, but uh, you're talking about spending a hundred bucks just to get started. I think having some, some bleach on hand. Uh, to be able to treat that water and then at a later point in time we can start looking at okay what are quality water filters something like a berkey we can add into our our kind of preparedness plan uh, and actually have those, those those capabilities but for initially i'm doing bleach yeah you, you need to make sure that you have you have gear commensurate with the skills that you have you know i mean any of us here you know we're going to say okay i need to go ahead and i need to get gear commensurate with my skills this kind of stuff, you know, we're talking about beginners, beginners, beginners. Assume that this person has no skills and let's work off of that. And yeah, absolutely. The bleach is exactly where you need to be in a situation like that, especially if we're talking about just a disaster situation where you're going to be stuck in your home when a hurricane went through or, you know, everything shut down around you because tornadoes rolled through or you had a wildfire in the area or something like that. Okay. Making sure that you got a bottle of bleach on hand that is usable, absolutely. Make sure that you rotate that bleach out every six months because that that stuff is is yeah it breaks down over time. Yeah, right. it's it's yeah. breaking down. It's breaking down actually pretty quick. Volatilizing just is a ugly thing. But um, yeah, I totally agree. Now, as far as water is concerned, um, you know, of course, everybody just throw some regular little water bottles inside your, in, you know, inside your bags, if you've got to go, um, or even there in the house, you know, if you're, if you're stuck in, if you're stuck bugging in, yeah, keep, keep a water container. Everybody keeps a water container. And, you know, like, uh, this was one, you know, this is when we were talking about when we were doing our, our super cheap, uh, kit, I found this thing for 50 cents at a, uh, at a thrift is, store, single wall. Does that come with the utility belt attachment as well? You know, <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> but still, it was 50 cents. And you know what? Maybe that's going to do something for the morale of your kids, right? But at the same time, you find Nalgene bottles, ridiculously oh, yeah. cheap. You get them on sale all the time. Um, and of all places, Staples. I found a hmm. whole bunch of them where they were on sale, ridiculously cheap. But... If you're going to be staying at the house and you need to make sure that you're going to have some water at home because water and food in for, for a beginner, water and food are your highest priorities. Yep. Um, especially if you're, especially if you're in a, in a hurricane or tornado prone area. 
Um, one of these just cheap aquatainers. Uh, I mean, you buy one of these at Walmart. What are they? Nineteen bucks, maybe if if they're not on sale. And this oh, is yeah. seven gallons of water right here. So you know that's fairly cheap. Not to mention any water that you can pull out of your taps before before they go dry and put them into whatever containers you can get them into. But you know having having enough water on hand for three days and then as soon as you see things are going bad push that up to a minimum of seven days that's where you need to be yeah so yeah. i think as far as water goes i it, you know in my list i put a case of water or a couple cases of water mm -hmm. because cases of water for one are incredibly cheap oh yeah two it kind of kills two birds with one stone because it gives you a bottle to carry water in um you know granted you can't well i guess you can boil in it but you're releasing a lot of toxins into your water um but you know so effectively you can't boil in it uh, but you do have some, uh, you know, clean water with that with a little bit of bleach gives you the ability to actually purify some to give some semblance of purification to your water and um, and to keep refilling those. It also gives you the ability to carry water where you kind of lose that when you look at like a five gallon or seven gallon jug of water. You, you do lose a little bit of that ability to carry it uh, because, you know, granted, you can you can throw it in a vehicle, but you can't necessarily carry it if you really have to go somewhere on foot. And so uh, to me, the, the uh, you know, having a, just a case of water bottle be certainly one of the first things that i would do a bottled water i can't talk oh no absolutely and i mean you got to remember you know if you're getting into this rule of threes typically you know they say three days without water three days without food was three minutes without air those are going to be some terrible minutes days and hours uh and uh you know weeks but uh you know having i think water is really the most important because you're going to get dehydrated quick especially if the power is out there's no air conditioning if you live in a hot climate uh like all of us do here on the call, and I think a lot of our, our viewers do as well, uh, you know, that's going to be a big issue. And when you get dehydrated, it goes down quick. Uh, so you you don't want to, to, you know, get to that point. So make sure you have a way to purify water, whether it be bleach, filter, uh, tablets, whatever you want to do. But the cheapest way, kind of like what Mackie was talking about, is going to be bleach. Great option, and you should have that in your home or your apartment already. Uh, just for cleaning purposes. Uh, but if you want to get really super cool, you can look at getting some pool shock uh, to make your own bleach uh, later on down the line. So that's, that's something you can research a little later. Not really a beginner thing, but just something to keep in the back of your mind. And that'll Let's be talk... in the water chemistry class that you and I talk about later. That, that's right. We may do our water chemistry. That'll be fun. Uh, let's so, talk about... Go ahead. Go ahead, Maggie. No, I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say real quick, as far as that, that rule of threes, because you, you hear that thrown out quite a bit. People will say, you know, yeah, yeah, three minutes without air, three days without water, three three weeks without food. And the, the, the problem with that rule is that it makes people think that I can plan on three weeks without food. Um, oh, no. Try going 12 hours without food when you're when you're pushing your body to exertion and you're going to have problems. So three weeks without food means that you'll die in three weeks, not necessarily that you can function throughout okay. those three weeks. So I've seen people with their bug out plan, their bug out plan is to like, you know, not have any food because like, oh, I can get to my location. I can last three days. It's like, those are pretty rough three days. And, uh, yeah. and you're going to be moving and thinking pretty weakly by the end of that. So um, I, I just, I bring that up so that people don't think, well, hey, if I can make it three weeks and what do I need to even worry about food for? Um, and so uh, for me, one of the first items on my list, again, um, you know, I have like four items on my, on my, one of my first, but um, it's, uh, it would be like something like a C ration. I like C rations. I keep them in all my vehicles because it's a lot of calorie to, in a, uh, in a very small package. What you're talking about is these, if I'm not mistaken, these, yeah. uh, these, yeah, 
lifeboat yeah. rations. And That's not, what those are. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not glamorous. Uh, they're not going to be uh, you know like a full pot of of chili feeling full type effect, but it will help you get through. So these are kind of nice because they do have a longer shelf life, uh, and you can throw them in your vehicle and stuff like that. But honestly, I would say, and then you actually segued perfectly into my next topic, which was going to be food. So I was like, let's talk about food. I think one of the the first things, if you're just getting into preparedness, it can be really, you know, tempting and be like, oh, I need to go get like this massive freeze dried food thing, or I need to buy a bunch of MREs or something like that. Honestly, guys, picking up a couple extra of these at the store, uh, you know, every time you go, this is my daughter's favorite soup. I don't particularly eat this one, but, you know, just canned food is a great cheap way to really start building up that stockpile it doesn't have as long a shelf life as like your freeze-dried or your mylard uh you know dry goods but it'll be enough to get you through a short-term disaster so what i always recommend is don't go and buy like a whole like pallet of stuff just if you're gonna go buy uh you know your favorite soup or something like that just get two instead of one uh and then just start slowly building up that stockpile so you have some food in the house that's you know a little bit more calorie dense is going to be giving you a little bit of a morale boost, kind of like what you were talking, Mackie. It's like if you're going three days without food, you're going to be pretty miserable. Uh, it will kind of make you feel a little bit better and uh, keep you going until you can get to someplace where, uh, you know, it's a little more safe if you have to leave. Yeah. And if you've ever seen kids that are hungry oh, and try to news. do anything with kids that are hungry, and I don't, I don't mean, you know, we're, we're an hour past, you know, when they should have had their dino nuggets. No, I'm talking kids that haven't eaten in a couple of days, and you're trying to do something with them. Uh, the worst teenager in the world does not compare. They just don't. And then they get past that point, and they go to the listless point. They go off that cliff. And, man, I'll tell you what, and that there's nothing more heartbreaking. I mean, that was the... That was the thing that really got me into prepping was going to Africa in the first place and saying, you know what, I am never going to watch my family starve. I can't do that. So, but the the to, to your point, Chris, always make sure if you're gonna be if you're gonna be packing food, only store the food that you're going to eat. Yep. You know, packing. You know, oh hey, there's a great sale on canned menudo. But if nobody in the house eats it, why are you, why are you packing it up? You know, you know, get, get the, you know, and if you're going to get, okay, I'm going to get for my little kids, I'm going to get chicken noodle soup for them. You know what? Splurge, get the stars stuff, you know, pay the extra three cents, get the stars and rainbows ones or, or the, you know, the alphabet soup or whatever, you know, whatever it is that's, that's going to be cool for them. Chicken yeah. and stars, man. That, that's just the way um, to fly right there. I'm telling you, you know, get something that's going to help bring them along, something that's going to help their morale, because their morale is key. Us adults, we can gut our way through a whole lot of things, all right? But, man, when the kids' morale goes down, that affects everybody. So I, I always say easy stuff, peanut butter and a loaf of bread, um, you know, the 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 canned goods. Um, if they, if, you know, if they like tuna, I'll get the little tuna packs for them. You know, the, the non-refrigerated, non-refrigeration necessary lunchables, stuff like that. So I can feed them fast while we're on the road evacuating from an area. That's the big key thing is to keep them going with the minimal effort and keep them in the fight for lack of a better term. 
So we don't we don't keep like the freeze dried food like you were talking about, Chris. We don't we don't keep that stuff on hand. Like I have a little bit, and that's for like when we go backpacking or something like that. So I can throw it in a in a Ziploc bag and be able to cook something up at, 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 in the evening time that doesn't take a lot of work after we've you know done hike ten miles or whatever. Um, but uh, as far as like what we have here at our house, it's all stuff that we use and that we go through and we have a nice big pantry. We just kind of continually cycle through things that allows us to, you know, that first or, you know, uh, what a last in first out type of thing and actually cycle through your food and keep fresh supplies on hand. Um, and so so certainly using what you're actually eating and and, uh, and storing what you're actually going to uh, going to use, I think it, it's very important. A lot of people will go out and buy these freeze dried buckets and they throw them up on a shelf because they're good for 25 years. It's like, yeah, it gets you through two weeks, but it's, you know, it, it, it's bulky. It's hard to store a lot of food that way. And uh, it doesn't really last on any type of long term thing. And again, that's not what you're used to eating. That's not what you cook with. Um, and so I just to me, that's not a great option. Um, it is a good option to start. If you go back to like the old kind of James Yeager idea, right? Your first option is, is zero to 30 days. Like that's what you're preparing for. And then you work 30 days to 90 days, 90 days to six months, you keep going uh, and you build it in small chunks. That freeze red fruit is a great option to build like a zero to 30 day plan. Past that, you need a better option. Yeah, hundred percent. And always yeah. check the, check the serving sizes on those two, because they may not be as hardy as you think they are. And another thing yeah. <laughs> that a lot of people, and we learned this, we learned this watching it uh, at the uh, at the Vortex Sniper Challenge. Everybody there is is working at like an Olympic level of energy. These these folks are throwing down um, four, sometimes five of those pouch meals a piece per day, oh, wow. and they're all just dropping weight. But then we started looking at it, and my medics started looking at it, and this is the first time that we'd actually really studied it, and we realized. There's no fats in any of those. You have to supplement those with a fat or you're not getting any fatty acids for your system to be able to uh, metabolize the proteins and the carbs. So if you don't supplement that with a fat, even if it's just, you know, a cap full of, of you know, vegetable oil or cut up a Slim Jim into there or anything. You got to put some fats in there or all it's doing is stripping those those amino acids out of your muscles. So definitely, you got to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely something you want to keep an eye on, especially if you're looking at, uh, you know, getting some of that survival food. It's a great thing to have, uh, you know, like like what Matthew was talking about. You can just throw it on the shelf and, you know, you've at least got something. It's better than nothing. Uh, but you definitely want to supplement that with some other things. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, tools, uh, because I think, you know, in a survival situation, we're going to need something to do stuff. Uh, obviously there's a lot of elitism when it comes to, to knives and things like that. And you can get crazy ridiculous with some of these. Don't fall into that trap. You can get something incredibly simple, effective. I've got a blast from the past here. Uh, this was my father's survival knife uh, in the military when he was in there. This is back from the Vietnam era. I kind of, I've, I've cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, the compass does not work, uh, but hey, uh, you know, it, it's got a little storage compartment. If I had to baton some, you know, some light timber with this, I could do it and it would hold up, hold itself up just well. I ain't cutting down, you know, a 30 year old oak with this thing, but I'm also, I have something that I can cut things with. I can harvest timber to start a fire if I need to. And, you know, worst case scenario, at least I'm not fighting with my fists uh, if it comes down to that. But something like that. And then just like a simple multi-tool, uh, really great things to add to your kit. And they don't have to be like 
$200 knives and, you know, $150 multi-tools, you can get some really quality gear for not having to break the bank. So one great brand that I really like as far as a affordable, like everyday carry knife, um, Cold Steel, and uh, they, they make some phenomenal knives uh, that are very, very affordable. I have a, an old Cold Steel, I think it's a tie light is the, is the model name that I got back when I went to, to uh, LDAC in like 2007, right? So, and I still have that knife today. It's the knife that I carried in Afghanistan. It's been a phenomenal knife. It's like 35 bucks at a PX. Um, and it was the only reason I got it because TSA confiscated my other knife because I actually got on the plane with it. So, um, but, uh, but, but anyways, it was, it, it's just one of those things that, they, that was all that they had. And so it was my kind of first experience with cold steel, they make some really good stuff for a very affordable price. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get kind of more into it, you can start looking at things like Emerson's and zero tolerance and stuff like that, that, you know, and those are going to run you 150, 200, 300 bucks, like a, like a bench made, uh, but cold steel makes some really good, very affordable stuff that really competes with the higher end things for a, a tenth of the price. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just going, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at this from the from the single parent just getting started thing who is probably not going to wind up having any bushcraft skills nor wants any bushcraft skills um, and is just going to need a utility knife for doing stuff. And I'll tell you what, just a cheap off the shelf Spyderco pocket folder. Oh, yeah. I just, love those. I mean, you're going to pay nine bucks for it. Is it a good knife? Nah, is it a is it a a passable knife? Yeah, don't buy it at the gas station. You know, don't buy don't buy one of the gas station specials. You know, yeah, that's that's not going to work out for you. But get yourself a little cheap Spider Co. You know, you, like I said, you're going to spend twenty bucks or less on one, and it's a serviceable knife. It's gonna do what you need it to do. And you know, if you wind up in a if you wind up in a situation where you need it for security purposes. You know what? You can still, you know, stick them with a pointy end. That'll do. Yeah, a lot of those things you can get for free from companies that do promo printing on them and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I know we give stuff like that out all the time, and it is. It's those cheap nine dollars spider codes, and that, and you just have your company logo printed on it. And I've got a a box of them from a friend of mine that's an insurance agent, and (laughs) it's like, you know, it's a lot of those you can get you can get for even free or, or, or exceptionally cheap. Oh, yeah. um, and so that's that's certainly an option for you. Next on my list, um, I'm going to go with mobility. Okay. Uh, proper shoes for everybody. Yep. Proper shoes and proper socks for everybody. And because if you wind up having to use a leather personnel carriers, you know, and go out there and, and hoof it on your stumps, man, it's going to suck. And, and, you know, not only, not only are you going to wind up with blisters, if you're out there, you know, if you're trying to walk North to get away from Florida, from this huge hurricane, because everything died in, in traffic and you're just trying to walk, you know, 10 miles to get some gas in a pair of, uh, flip-flops or Crocs, man, it ain't going to turn out good. And if your kids are out there without, without decent shoes, and I mean, you know, anybody that's got small kids knows how rapidly little kids can lose a pair of shoes. Oh yeah. It happens. Yeah. And on that, on that same note, Mike, I mean, my, the next one on my list was actually gloves. So it kind of goes, you know, kind of hand in hand with your shoes right. is I, I just, and, and you can get a cheap pair of leather gloves. I mean, mechanics gloves are great because they have a lot of dexterity, but they don't have much flame resistant ability. So you always end up burning and melting them. 
they do have flame retardant ones, but they just don't work the way that a, that a cheap pair of leather work gloves from the hardware store does. See, I mean, Chris, they, I'm not the only one that screams leather gloves. Hey, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on this, Mike. I'm you guys all are always it. like, no, but the mechanics gloves are so much cooler, and I'm like, but you'll melt your hands, and yeah. <laughs> well, See? so the gloves that I keep in my like my 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 uh, everyday bag that I you know that I take to work, my EDC bag. Um, those gloves are like a mechanic glove. They're very similar. They're a synthetic glove, but they're flame retardant so that they're actually, I'm not worried about them burning. Um, and they're actually, uh, a, a, a cut resistant glove that allows me because we do so much work on our iPads and everything for, for business that they allow me to, to touch my iPad and, and actually work on a touch screen. So that, uh, you know, I have, I have those gloves, but I have leather gloves. I have a pack of leather gloves in every vehicle. Costco makes, they have a brand of leather gloves there that are better than anybody's that actually have a great fit. And it's like 15 bucks for a three pack. And uh, I keep one of those, at least one pair of those in every vehicle that we have and every toolkit that I have. I have gloves, um, you know, I, just, I have them laying around everywhere because they, they're they're super, super handy to have. Like, as you like to say, in, in a situation like that, everything wants to cut you. Uh, and so, you know, having that personal protection, is a great thing to have. Also, another PPE item you can consider that's really super cheap is just picking up a couple N95s and, yeah, safety glasses, too. Mike carries his safety glasses with him uh, 24-7. But uh, for the rest of us who have to wear additional ones, uh, you know, having that, uh, the last thing you want to do is be trying to fishing out a, uh, a sliver in your eye or someone else's when you could have just bought a $5 pair of safety glasses and threw them in there, especially if you're getting into some some nasty brushes. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, what else is on your guys' list? I had a couple things. Uh, I was thinking maybe something around along the line of maybe like an emergency radio or something like that. One of those uh, crank or charge radios that you can use just in case uh, you need to hear, you know, like emergency notifications or things like that, especially in a natural disaster. Those could be really good. Uh, I know, Mike, you preach that quite a bit, the uh, the NOAA uh, radios. You know, in a, in, a, in a situation like this where, you know, we're talking – we're talking all beginners. Um, honestly, you know, out of my pace plan, you know, my primary is going to wind up being a cell phone. You know, bottom line, it's just going to be, it's going to be a cell phone. But the one thing that a lot of people don't keep on hand is a power pack and cables. And you, you, you need to have a backup way to charge that phone to be able to work with it. And one thing that a lot of people don't actually understand is, you know, if you're in a disaster environment, where the cell network is just overwhelmed. And that, and that that happened to us here in 2011 during the tornado swarms. Uh Mackie, I don't know if you were if you were in Alabama for that one. That was that was a good time. Um, no. but but the cell network was functioning, it was just overwhelmed. So you couldn't get a call through, but what you could do is you could go ahead and you could send a text. Now it may may take 5 or 10 minutes to go through into the system, but you could send texts. Um, so, you know, as far as, as far as my communications pace plan goes, yeah, for beginners, stick with the cell phone that you have, send text messages, right? Don't just throw it away. Think, oh, well, you know, this is just never going to work again. You know, let's, let's be realistic. EMP is, is a very low probability of something that's going to wind up happening. All right. Stick with your cell phones. They work. There's a great network here in the U S um, and just because it doesn't work where you are now doesn't mean it's not going to work up the road. All right. But you got to keep it powered. So keep a power pack. Keep your keep your extra cables, you know, so that you can you can charge the thing. And I so, usually uh, keep 
I usually keep a set of cables for uh, in in my kit, both for micro USB, USB C, and for uh, for Apple. I don't even have Apple, but you know what? Somebody else might. So, so I'll, I'll say two things on that, Mike. One is um, they make a, a little solar power chargers that you can hang on a backpack that'll charge a cell phone, uh, and those we, those were indispensable when I was in the army and we were going Great. out for field and stuff like that. I keep them uh, myself. Yeah, as light infantry, those were uh, th those were a phenomenal tool to have, and so um, you know, keep. And now they're they're so small. Like I said, they just they just strap on the outside of your backpack and just you, you just charge it while you're walking around or doing whatever it is that you're doing, or just leave it there. Uh, but Mike, I was going to tell you um, for for all the guys that weren't in the army that don't know what a pace plan is, you want to tell them what a pace plan is? Good point. Yeah. So pace plan is. Uh, is is an acronym for a lot of uh, if if you're doing a series of plans. So in this case, my communications plan: primary pace, primary, alternate. What's our next one? Contingency, and then emergency. Yeah, P A C E: primary, alternate, contingency, emergency. So just as a as an option, like you know, my primary phone. Uh, my my uh, uh, alternate is going to wind up being ham. Uh, my contingency is going to wind up being uh, CB. And then my emergency is going to wind up being messengers, for example, yeah. on, on a communication so plan. For, for y'all watching that don't understand what, what he's talking about here, this is when you go, when you're getting ready to roll out on a mission, you have your pace plan and you always have to articulate, okay, our primary is our radio. This is the frequency. Our alternate is, you know, whatever the Harris radio, here's the frequency. The next one is the SATCOM. Here's, here's the, the line that we're connecting on the SATCOM and it goes down from, and then, you know, the emergency is like your Roshan phone or whatever. When you're in Afghanistan, I don't know if you had, we always had Roshan was our emergency when I was there, but uh, basically Afghanistan's version of, of Verizon. Um, but phone. On that same note, that, that reminded me when you said that, Mike, about the pace plan, I was like, you know, the, the thing that you have to think about is you're planning this kind of like you would plan a mission. And so one of the things that you always do when you plan a mission is you come up with two courses of action. You come up with your most likely course of action and your most dangerous course of action, and you plan your mission accordingly. And when we say your most dangerous course of action, we're not talking about zombies coming. We're talking about what is the most dangerous course of action that is still on the spectrum of a likelihood that, that could potentially happen to us. Um, and so if we say like the most likely course of action, well, the mo most likely thing that's going to happen is, you know, a tornado or a hurricane or depending on where you're at geographically an earthquake something like that and then probably on the more dangerous end of things is like what mike was talking about is like you know that emp that is probably not super likely but solar flares do happen you know we, now with a you know a war in russia right you're dealing with the thought of like a nuclear bomb being detonated and causing emps that would be on the more dangerous end of things so let's start with the most likely first and, and plan from there would you agree with that mike yeah, yeah, I absolutely would. And honestly, that's my very first step for absolutely everybody to include the beginners is first, make a plan. Yep. And then check your plan and it turns into a gigantic loop. Make your plan, check your plan, train your plan, go and it goes back to make and review your plan. And it just turns into a gigantic loop because you're constantly refining your plans. That it's a great tool to make your list and draw out every class of supply. And like, you'll have to look this up because Mike and I've been doing this for years and we don't remember them now. <laughs> um, right. And, uh, but you know, so you'll certainly have to look it all up, but you know, make your class one list. Okay. How much food do I need to get through? 
30 days and how much water do I need to get through 30 days? And then you go, okay, how much, you know, class two, uh, you know, how much, as far as clothing, that's your gloves, that's your boots, that's all that stuff. Again, go through that class of supply and just make a list and you can do it on an Excel spreadsheet and you have it to where it's editable. It's, it's a, uh, it's a working document for you. Ah, uh, the Excel rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one to get down. But that's something you can do absolutely for free, uh, you know, is just kind of figure out what you need. And like Mike was talking about, have a plan. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, Mackie, excuse me, was talking about just having that list made up so that you know what you're going to go for and what you need to prioritize. A great way to kind of not just get yourself organized, but also not to waste a lot. Because I think the thing that it's really easy to do when you're a new prepper is to just kind of go down the rabbit hole, uh, as you're saying, it's like, oh, well, I need this and I need this. And, you know, all these impulse purchases. And that's what you want to stay away from. You want to kind of stay focused. What are the bare essentials that I'm going to need? Food, water, uh, clothing, water, fire, shelter, navigation, mobility, communications, and power. Right. We talked about that. Right. Security, tools, and medical, and make sure that you get those things within the scope of your training. Shoot, move, communicate, survive, sustain, right? So your five soldier principles and your, your soldier fundamentals. And if you if you get all of those, those 10 categories that you just listed, it would all be incorporated in that. But if you do those five things and focus on those five things, then you're going to be okay dealing with most scenarios that would come up. You know, speaking of training, uh, I know, Maggie, you're setting up a training facility. You want to kind of tell our viewers about that a little bit? Yeah, so we, we, we opened up a training facility here uh, Central Alabama, so it's about halfway between Birmingham and Montgomery, about an hour from each. And uh, and, and so we're doing um, a, a number of different classes. We've got a lot of excavation work and a, and a lot of construction still going on on site. So our classes right now are limited. We're doing a pistol one class, which is basically eight hours of fairly intense training. This is for you know guys that really want to get out and, and do some training. I have a women's only class that we're doing at least once a month right now um, and uh, increasing it as we as we need to as people register and fill up classes. Uh, but that women's only is a four hour block of instruction that we're that is, is proven to be very very popular um and we're doing shotgun classes as well mostly home defense shotgun not so much like a tactical like don't think of it as like a SWAT team shotgun think of it more as like how to maneuver around a house uh with a shotgun uh which uh, you know we can get in on a different video that's a whole separate discussion on, on that aspect of things um and then uh, we do a number of lectures around Birmingham and Montgomery. So uh, we have we have our you know personal protection lectures, and we're doing even CE courses for real estate agents that actually are personal protection related. I should say real estate agents here in Alabama. If they're if they're licensed here in Alabama, they can schedule us to come out and do a talk there. And we're yeah, going to be putting we're going to be putting links to uh, to your stuff down here in the bottom. And yep. if you're going to be looking at those links, this is for you subscribers. If you're going to be looking at those links, you need to also like Comment. subscribe and hit that bell yep absolutely really helps us grow guys i think this has been a great uh you know primer for the beginning prepper uh i just want to get your guys's you know final thoughts on you know where people should be putting their focus and uh you know how they can kind of avoid going a little nuts and stay the course as opposed to burning out really quick so mackie let's start with you so i would say you know my kind of final thought is um 
don't go crazy spending a bunch of money on it. You know, things like medical kits that are 10 bucks can do 90% of what you need to do. You know, I, it's important that we start getting tourniquets and chest seals and stuff like that and, and, and adding those bigger ticket items in long term. But initially, don't go crazy with it. Do what your budget can afford and uh, make sure you're just replenishing what you're using. Plan that zero to 30 day timeline. Great thoughts. Mike's, what's your uh, final comments? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Just these little these little $6 first aid kits at Walmart, you know, if that's, if that's your skill set, put one of these in everybody's bag. And there you go. You've handled a lot of the problems. Oh, and also if you've got the kids, make sure you throw in those Door the Explorer or uh, My Little Pony uh, band-aids. Believe me, they'll, you know, they'll get you through. But my biggest thing, as always, is training. Because, of course, the more you know, the less you need. That's that's always that's always been a thing. And the better educated that you are, the um, the better prepared you're going to be to be able to roll with the punches, because let's face it, these are these are tumultuous events. You know, these are things that are going to wind up stirring everything up. And if you have confidence in what it is that you're doing and you've got a family with you, especially if you you know, if you're a single parent, you've got a, you've got kids with you. Having some training under your belt gives you that confidence and they're looking at you and you're very confident and calm in what's going on. If you can be that calm center of the storm, then they're going to remain calm. So get yourself some good training. And how do you get good training? Right? Well, you, you find yourself quality trainers. Yeah, I know it's all great points. There's lots of information out there to be had. I think if you're just getting into the preparedness community, the best thing you can do is just don't get discouraged. Uh, really just focus on the essentials and don't blow your budget. Don't max out credit cards. Don't do anything that you're going to regret later because all that's going to do is going to make you want to stop prepping. So slow incremental prepping is the way to go. Focus on food, water, shelter, and personal protection, and I think you'll be just fine. Welcome to our community. We're glad you're here. Like Mike said earlier, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next one.